the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The title of our series is Divine Conditions for Revival. One of those conditions, if my people will pray. That's next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. I think it's safe to say, as a Christian, a believer in Christ, we long for His presence. We long to be close to Him. Yet if we are to look around us today, it can be a challenge finding God. If My People Will Pray is the title of our message today, and it's part of those divine conditions for revival, that time when God reveals Himself to His people in amazing ways. If you're longing for a closer relationship with Christ, a greater presence in your life of Jesus, then stick around. Today's program is just for you. If my people will pray. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast. Your kingdom come, thy will be done. That's what has to happen to us in prayer. Oh, the eyes of the Lord. Oh, just God is able. Sometimes I get so discouraged. I don't think God could do anything. I know I can't. But my Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man can pluck them out of my Father's hand. Nothing shall separate you from the love of God. I love 14.4 Romans. And stand he will, God's servant, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Oh, you know what I do? I start feeling something happening to me when I'm praying promises. I'm going on the word of another, not my moods. Not my tiredness, not my irritability. I'm now claiming promises that are greater than my humanity. Promises. Uh, Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. You know what's the worst thing about my prayers is how small they are. I'm asking God for peanuts. And he said, well, I, if I give you three ounces of them, I'll give you more. You, you believe me for a peanut. I want to give you a whole a ton of them. Lord, I can't. I, my face not big enough for a ton. I just need one. He said, I could exceed anything you can ask. Ask. We don't get nervous in heaven about large requests. Ask. Five million is as easy as 5,000. Ask. I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he will run out of power and won't be able to keep me because I'm one of his tougher cases. Are you kidding? I know whom I believed. I'm persuaded he's able to keep me and keep that which I've committed to him. Oh, on and on course my ordination verse now unto him that's able to keep you from falling stole it from my father and he stole it from Jude he's able to keep me from falling I've had times I want to leave the ministry 
because I thought I was going to commit adultery. I thought I was going to be unfaithful to my wife. And I asked God, let me get out of the ministry before I do it. Everybody around me was falling into sin. I had no hope. I claimed Jude 24. Can you keep me, Lord? Well, 41 years later, I'm still with her. And he's been keeping promises. When you pray, if you don't have a God that has power in your theology, don't waste your breath. You'll only insult him. Two, if you don't think he's anything but a liar and you don't think he can keep a promise, I wouldn't go to him. But if he keeps promises, I'd show up. Because he's given you over a thousand in this book, at least, that you can cash in by faith. He wants to hear you. He loves to do it. They who come to God must believe that he is and that he rewards. He rewards those who diligently seek him. Well, notice what else he does. He picks up verse 10. But now there are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. I will never forget this verse. It's the last verse my father quoted. He's dying of cancer in Richmond Hospital. Last time he could quote a verse to me, he quoted this verse. I don't know what to do, son, but my eyes are on him. And he died. But you know what? He got a promotion. He went to heaven. God kept his promise. What a statement. Uh, I don't know that we pray always from the greatest motivations. But inadequacy in the people of God is just a given. He told Israel, you're the least among the nations. (laughs) And once he told them, he said, I didn't choose you because you're easy to get along with. You've been hard to work with. Just like you and I've been. We haven't. But see, God's handled a lot of stubborn, goofy people before he got to you, so he knows how to handle you. His people have never been easy. We stray, we backslide, we get cold, we get cranky. Oh my, the human condition is as varied as you and I. But to say uh, we're inadequate. Is that a fair thing after all this power and promises? I think the third thing you need to know about prayer is pray to God who helps the powerless. And and here the king says, now God, I'm praying to you because I don't have any power to solve the problem. Is that fair? I don't have the power. I know I represent you, but I don't represent power. 
I'm overwhelmed with the odds. Uh, we're going to be routed. We're going to be literally annihilated here if you don't intervene. And um, I, I'd like to read you something about a seminary student and what John Piper said as he heard it. It's very common to uh, hear seminary guys. They say this a lot. I've heard it many times. They never prepared me for this. They failed as a seminary. Or a worse condition is this guy's testimony. I was amazed once to hear a seminary graduate say how adequate he felt for the ministry after years of schooling. This was supposed to be a compliment to the school. The reason this amazed me is that the greatest theologian and missionary and pastor who ever lived cried out, Who is sufficient for these things? Not because he was a bungler, but because the awful calling of emitting the fragrance of eternal life for some and eternal death for others was a weight he could scarcely bear. 2 Corinthians 3, 4. Who is adequate? Who is competent? Who is sufficient for the ministry entrusted to him? This is Paul. A pastor who feels competent in himself to produce eternal fruit, which is the only kind that matters. Oh, we can run organizations. We can run a shop. But to produce eternal results knows neither God nor himself. A pastor who does not know the rhythm of desperation, hear me now, this is, this is from a preacher's point of view. May, you may not even connect. A pastor who does not know the rhythm of desperation and deliverance must have his sights only on what man can achieve. Piper writes about how his prayer life is always threatened. Oh, how we need to wake up to how much Nothing we spend our time doing. Apart from prayer, all our scurrying about, all our talking, all our study amounts to nothing. For most of us, the voice of self-reliance is ten times louder than the bell that tolls for the hours of prayer. The voice cries out, you must open the mail. You must make that call. You must write this sermon You must prepare for the board meeting. You must go to the hospital. But the bell tolls softly. Without me, you can do nothing. I often pray less because I have the pressure of another sermon to be done by Sunday. So I'll study longer and harder and just pray 15 minutes and God will bless the study because I'm too busy doing the work to really think it would make any difference if I pray a little bit more. A.C. Dixon said, when we depend upon organizations, we get what organizations can do. 
When we depend upon education, we get what education can do. When we depend upon man, we get what man can do. But when we depend upon the God of prayer, we get what God can do. It's as old as the Bible. But I am indicted and tremble. For I do not feel competent. Um, Pat calendar, lots of meetings, um, lots of activity. And yet, how many have been converted lately? How many have been called to ministry? How many are abounding in the word? Are we just to maintain a congregation and our only success is numbers on Sunday? Or is there a divine work going on among hearts and lives? Is anyone being saved in your family? Is anyone coming to God? Are we maintaining a religious franchise? And are we more budget-driven than we are God-driven? Who knows? Who knows? As long as we've got enough money, we'll probably stay around. Who cares if anyone's really saved? And we may lose all theology. I know very little in this church that's theologically driven. Nobody burning for the doctrines of grace and justification. Not many. If there was 10, I'd be surprised. So we could become a religious franchise, and as long as numbers and money are here, we will think we've done great. But oh, how in- inadequate, how poor, how beggarly we really are if we really want eternal results. So. Lives change. Lives call. When the church becomes witnesses, when they learn to give with hilarity, uh, when praying is a feast and not a chore, oh, our inadequacies is overwhelming. And Jehoshaphat knew it. I don't have a chance, Lord. It's easier to give up on the Bay Area than to stay in it because if God's people become impotent, And if God's word is not adequate, to hell with the Bay Area. Let them perish. But maybe God could, first of all, break us up enough and make us weep enough over the perishing in this area that we might be the hand of God to reach the Bay Area. We won't reach it with organization alone. We won't reach it on sermons alone. God will have to break our heart for the people we live next door to, live among, and I can't buy that burden. Only God can give me tears for lost people. Only God can make me think beyond the borders of this little minuscule ministry. And think people are perishing, children are dying, homes are broken, drugs is a bigger kingpin around here than the churches. And God only can give you the burden. And what we have to do is say, I don't have it, Lord. Would you give it to me? I want it. I don't want to sleep in harvest. I don't want to get in love with pleasure during warfare. And we are at war. We are at war. You don't want the war. Maybe maybe you're AWOL. Maybe the best you do is hear a sermon. But we are at war. 
And let me tell you, prophecy is marching. We're in time. Events are here. Lukewarmness abounds. Antichrist might be alive. History is marching to a rendezvous with the judgment of God in Armageddon. And only the gospel offers any good news to a perishing world. Can we get it out? Can we get it out? Can we weep? Can we care? Oh, church life drowns all the prayer and the preach and the passion and just to get along with people. Get along with this. You can't imagine. My wife and I talking to some people on the phone last night. Gripe, gripe, gripe. Live away from here, thank God. Live away. But gripe. Everything about the pastor. Everything wrong with this. No wonder God's people need revival. Quit looking to preachers and look to the head of the church and look to the power of the Spirit. You're just staffed with inadequate men and we pastor an inadequate church. The power is of God, but He loves to help powerless saints who call on His name for help. And that's just what Jehoshaphat did. And he said, I don't know what to do. I don't know what will work. But my eyes are on you. And I'm going to do like Peter of old. I won't let the waves determine whether I walk or drown. I'm going to look to the one who said, walk on the water. And if the water's in the Bay Area, if it's in Argentina, if it's in Africa, you can walk wherever he says to walk. Walk. I said so, Peter. I said to the church, I will be with you to the ends of the earth. Go where there's snakes. Go where there's demons. Go where there's darkness. I will go with you, Adoniram Judson. I will go with you, William Carey. I will go with you, David Livingston. I will go with you, Jim Elliott. I will go. Go with this gospel. The only thing you've got people need is the good news about Jesus. That's what they need. They desperately need it. I have to ask God to help me not always see the obstacles, but to see the opportunities. To not always see the problems, but to see the promises. The spies were overwhelmed with how big the giants were. And I'm amazed in the narrative, the evil report that they gave. I always wondered what was evil about the report. They were right about the giants. They were right about the grapes. They were right about their inadequacy. But what was evil about the report is they left out God. They never quoted that God said to Abraham, I want to give you this land. All they knew is we're too small for the size of the obstacle. And God says, you haven't measured them to me. I'm bigger than the giants. You're only looking to your resources your size, your ability. Ah, that's your sin. You left me out of the board report. All you had was figures and human obstacles, but you were blind to the God of Abraham who made a promise. This land is yours, Abraham. And I could take it with few or many. What will get it conquered will be my power for my glory and not the size of Israel. Prayer puts us back in focus with our sponsor and our resource. Then, watch what he does at the end of this chapter. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, 
the son of Madaniah, a Levite and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly, he said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. My fourth point is pray to God who defends and protects his people. God loves to protect and defend his people. Do you think you would be alive on this earth if Jesus wasn't your defender? The devil comes to kill and destroy. He'd kill every one of us, but he can't because the great shepherd's got his hand on you and the devil can't go beyond the hand of omnipotence. You are being born by the Spirit of God to the celestial city. But listen, he said, the battle is not yours. Tomorrow, march down against them. 17, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. (laughs) When you look at God, you say, you've got the power. You've given me your promises. And I've already claimed I'm not the power. I'm not the adequacy. He said, good. You know, I I get tickled old Joshua. He pulled his sword, wanted to kill the angel of the Lord. He was going to kill him. Because the angel of the Lord showed up and said, hey. And all of a sudden, Joshua waged in. I'm going to take care. He said, whoa, whoa. You're talking to the real captain of this army. He had to bow and take off his shoes and give up his rank. He had to bow to the real captain. And uh, when we let God be the captain of the battle, the battle is his. Our battle is to claim the promise. Our battle is to admit our inability. Our battle is to run to him and ask for his help and quit trying to win it on our own. He's plenty capable of winning battles. Have you ever heard of the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army? He knows how to rout the enemy, chasing a bunch of freed slaves, and all they've done is make bricks and take care of sheep. Never even knew what it was to carry a sword. God's done a pretty good job. Matter of fact, he did it all the way up to 1 Samuel 8, and he grieved, and so did his prophet Samuel, when Israel said, we want a king like the Gentiles, and the prophet wept. Has not your God won all your battles up to now? And you're firing him to get a human king. You're going to have great regrets, Israel. They're going to multiply wives. They're going to enlist your boys into the service. They're going to tax you. You're going against me, Israel, but I'll give you what you want. Get Saul. He's the biggest thing we got in the country. Out hiding, out behind a bunch of donkeys and with some baggage. This is the king of Israel to replace the living God. You know what? I believe you're losing every battle you're trying to win without divine help. Every battle. You can't save your husband. Why don't you trust God to save him? Quit preaching to him. Have him send me a thank you note. Become his lover. Become his wife. 
his cook, his companion. But don't be his Holy Spirit. Just love him and trust God to win the battle. And if you keep it on God's side, he can win your husband, he can win your wife. He can even save your children. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, Well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call, 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855-833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 